Hi, and welcome to The Curve Weekly, the podcast that keeps you up to date with all the money, business, and stock market tea. Everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. Help me, I'm poor. Oh my God, Vic, we're on the other side of the world. I know, and we're not even together. (laughs) It's so weird. I'm in the English countryside, and I tell you what, I think this is my future. I just need to find a lovely English countryman, and I'm going to move to be living here. You remind me of that movie, what is it, The Holiday? You know, we're there in the English country with Jude Law and like... Kate Winslet. Cameron Diaz. Yeah, Kate Winslet, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminds me of. That's one of my favourite movies. Oh, nice. This house that I'm in, it's got thatched roof. So it's like, it was built in the 1600s. So this is my family, like cousins, aunties, uncles. And they live on this giant piece of land, like this big farm, about an hour out of London. And it is the cutest house. Like I'm so tall, I have to duck to get through the doorways and stuff. That's how small it is. And like you look at the roof and it's all uneven and it's just the cutest thing ever. I love it. My dad's first house was a thatched cottage, actually. Oh, really? Him and my mum, they, they lived in a thatched cottage. Oh, because he's from England. Yeah, yeah. I forget I was like, didn't British. it get, like, wet? You know, didn't it come through the cracks in terms of the thatching? He's like, no. <laughs> oh, wait, did you actually think that? Yeah, when I was little. Because, you know, it's just sticks and twigs and, I don't know, yeah, whatever else is thatching. Um, and where are you? I am in Islington. We're in Angel in London. Very exciting. How's the busy class flying? Nice. Except I still got terrible jet lag, but Sucker, that's right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know, it takes every, for every hour of time difference, it takes you that many days to get over jet lag. So, so it's going to take us two weeks. 12 days to get over jet lag. Trying to stay awake the first day we got here was just, I felt sick, like nauseous. Mm. And then... um but I've been sleeping fine. Went to an English pub last yeah. night with my cousins, had a pint. Oh, my God, Vic. In the pubs here, they've got this tequila called Tequila Rose or Tequila Rose, Tequila mm. Rose. And yeah. it's this pink shot of – it's almost like a dessert. It's kind of like a, a Bailey's with a rose taste in it, but it's tequila. And I tell you what, I think that's my future. You'll probably think it's tacky and yucky, but I am such a fan. (laughs) Why would I think that? Because it's not straight tequila. Yeah, it's not. And it does, honestly, it just tastes like like pink Baileys or something. It doesn't really even taste like tequila. I was sipping on my shot. You quite like the sweet tequilas. Yeah, I do. Coconut tequila, rose tequila. I love it here so much. (laughs) And you want to leave. Please come back to actual London City, though, please. So that we no, I love the country. Together. I reckon this is me. You know, the best thing is that you can buy the actual Financial Times here. I'm so stoked. It's like one of the greatest joys when I come to London. It's been able to read the physical Financial Times. Can you send me a photo of it? Yeah, there's one on the uh, kitchen table, actually. I went and got one this morning. Oh, my God, cute. You've already bought one. Yep. Yep. Had that with my coffee this morning. Yeah. Oh God, Vic, imagine if you got to write something in it. Would that be like being in the New York Times for a writer? Is that the equivalent? Yeah, I guess it's or the Wall Street Journal. Let's gun for that. Yeah, they're pretty amazing publications. But speaking of what's happening in the financial times, we had a pretty strong week again in the stock market last week. We had the S&P 500 up 3%, the NASDAQ up 4%, New Zealand up slightly and Aussie down. And so the S&P 500 is now up 12% for the year. So we've had the first five months of the year, we're now in June, and it's up 12%. So 
historically the stock market's done around eight to nine percent. So it's it's tracking pretty well. And I kind of wanted to touch on one thing. So say the stock market is going up and up and up and it's historically done eight to nine percent mm. on average and say you know it's doing 30 percent this year. That means that the next year or the next period, you know, in order to get back to that long run average or that mean, it's going to have to have a negative year. And so it's just something to be aware of. You know, if you're invested in a fund and it's done really, really well, say it's up 20% for the year, but its long run average is like 8 to 9%, then you kind of should be thinking in your head, okay, it's got to correct in order to deliver that 8 to 9% rather than that 20% that it's tracking at. So therefore, it's going to have to have some negative years in amongst the really, really positive ones. So it's just something to remember because we've had a few emails of people kind of chopping, wanting wanting advice on chopping and changing their, their KiwiSaver or their retirement funds or like, obviously, we can't give advice, but it's just... Oh, I've seen quite a few messages come through about that. Anyway, that's probably a lesson for another day. Um, but it just means, you know, look at the performance, the short-term performance in relation to that long-run average. If it's above, then, you know, it has to come down most likely. If it's below, then it has to go up. Take 2021, for example, the stock market was up about 20%. The long-run average has been about 8 to 9%. And then we saw last year that big correction in the stock market in order to balance out that really high growth year, really bad year means that you get back to that kind of long run average. So that's just what I'm meaning when things are doing really well. Just remember, you know, is this above the long run average or below? Therefore, what can I expect in the future? Anyway, why have the markets been so strong uh, this week? Well, there's kind of two reasons which I'm going to touch on. And firstly, it's all around, uh, sorry, just getting FaceTimed again. Um, firstly, it's around the AI Anna, boom. That stop it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been wanting a shout out. There it is. Stop calling Victoria. <laughs> We're in the middle of a podcast record. <laughs> I'm trying to work. I'm over here to work. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know um, you really like me, but please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> please leave me alone. Oh, gosh. I'll call Thank you back, a semi babe. <laughs> Not a boyfriend, but... Yeah, just an update because everyone will be like, who the hell is Adam? Oh, no, Fair we enough. don't need to put that anyway, in the podcast. Sorry, Absolutely not. So if we edit that out because um, she always does as she's told. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, sorry, back to the stock market. So there's two reasons that the stock market's been really, really strong this past week. Firstly is all this boom that we're seeing and this frenzy and this hype, whatever you want to call it, around AI, artificial intelligence. The second is around the US debt ceiling. So start off with the more boring one, in my opinion, which is the US debt ceiling. So that is, has been resolved. So that is where the US government has borrowed over $30 trillion in money. And uh, they've now been told you can't borrow anymore. Um, you just start paying it back. And they're like, well, we can't. And so there was a risk that they were going to do what we call default on this debt and say, sorry, we can't pay it back, which would have been really, really, really bad. Um, so they've figured out a less bad option 
and that is all around uh, giving, they've been given an extension, so about another two years until 2025. So the good thing is that it removes the uncertainty in the market because the stock market hates uncertainty. I was just going to say, before you continue, anyone that's listening that's like, what does the debt say? Like, Rah. We talk mm. about this kind of cumulatively every week. So in the Curve Weekly, if you haven't listened before, this is the first time, it's kind of like, if, if you if you do follow it, you'll know exactly what Vic's talking about. If you're like, oh, I'm confused, yeah. just keep listening week to week because I think whatever happens in the market or in the, in the economy, in the world, um, each episode, each week is kind of not building on it, but you'll understand the more that you listen. So if you're listening and you're like, this isn't for me, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I think most people who have listened to the last few weeks will know what's going on. Yes, yeah, that's good. Like I yeah. remember when you first started so, mentioning the debt ceiling and I was like, what are you talking about? And now I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm following. The US needs yeah. to figure out a way to pay back trillions of dollars. Yes, yeah. And so they've got this extension for another couple of years, uh, but they've had to sign up to a few agreements of you know what they're going to do in order to reduce their spending uh, so the debt doesn't keep blowing out. And one of them is, the st- is with student loans. So students in the US with student loans now – have got to start repaying those. So that's about $400 a month oh, no. for some students uh, starting from August. So that's, yeah, it's going to really significantly impact people with lower incomes. Um, you know, all of a sudden we're gonna, people are going to have to start paying $400 a month on top of the fact that inflation is through the roof, interest rates are rising. You know, if I was sitting here and someone told me, you know what, in August you're going to have to start paying $400 a month, you know, you'd be like, oh gosh, especially a student where your income's, Usually pretty low. I just had to start doing that with the bloody student loan. It's so stressful, (laughs) especially when you're not expecting it. Totally. You budget for a certain amount of money to spend and then things like that. And that's kind of why it's really important to have emergency funds as well because that can really help you figure out – you know, adjust your budget, just give you a bit of breathing room, I guess, is what a re- is a really good thing that an emergency fund can do. But hypothetically, what if your emergency fund has been blown completely? <laughs> is this hypothetically asking for a friend? <laughs> oh, I've used the gosh. whole $5,000. I don't know what to do. It's so stressful. The Acne Studios clothing is not an emergency, Sophie Horat. Excuse me, I have not gone to Acne Studios. I wish. I'm really excited to go there. Shut London. up, okay? Just, Some of us can't just, afford it. No, just peruse. I'll just have a look. Just have a look, but whatever. No, I can't afford. <laughs> I can't afford. We're on the same salary now, girl. Like, I can't afford it. I'm like, oh, yes, God. but some of us fly business class and some of us fly economy. <laughs> oh, my God. You never gonna let this go. <laughs> now, here is a stat for you. Artificial intelligence, the industry, is expected to be worth $1.3 trillion in 2032. So that is, and it's only $40 billion uh, right now. That's 32 times the size it is now. So it's going to grow by 32 times by, you know, in the next 10 years, which is insane. That's that's an annual growth rate of over 40% per year. And this is why everyone's getting hyped up and hysterical and trying to figure out, you know, what companies are going to benefit, what should what stocks should I be buying and all this. And then one of those that's done really, really well, which is, is, is it's called NVIDIA. And it's up about 170% this year in the first five months of 
this year. So it has gone bananas. And they make the, like kind of microchips that, that um, and computing robots, you know, they, they do all the kind of uh, software and applications and stuff that go into this artificial intelligence. So that company has gone crazy. There's lots of other companies that have gone crazy. Uh, people are really trying to get exposure to this, you know, growing trend that's going to be well, expected to be kind of an explosion of growth for the next 10 years. One thing that scares me is that there has been a lot of hysteria and a lot of hype in this space. And with a company like NVIDIA, whose share price is up 170%, that is crazy. In such a short space of time, five months, its share price up 170%. That scares me because that screams bubble to me in terms of will this bubble burst? Are people getting way too excited over the growth or the expected growth of the artificial intelligence market and therefore everyone's jumping on the bandwagon and maybe the growth doesn't end up being as uh, strong as people expect or maybe these companies, these artificial intelligence companies start disappointing in terms of financial results and therefore the bubble bursts and people lose lots of money. That's what scares me when I see share prices that are going up so quickly like NVIDIA's because there's a common phrase in finance and I I love it and it's uh, it go it's it's a phrase that says you know share prices take the stairs up and the elevator down and that is very true when you see something oh, that I love slowly that. goes up and up and up or even quickly but you know if you if you disappoint in terms of your financial results or people want to get out, everyone gets out at the same time and the share price just goes straight down. It's like the fear fall at Rainbow's End. The, exactly, exactly. Just screaming all the way down. When I went on the fear fall when I was like 14, I um, got so stressed out on the way down that I clenched my neck so badly that the paramedics had to help me out of the chair. Like that's how stressed out I was. So I think maybe I'll steer clear of Namibia. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> Can't handle the fall. It freaks me out so much. Gosh, that's probably why you need Botox in your jaw now. Totally. A hundred percent. In other news, which is actually quite relevant for us, Sof, uh, the European mm. inflation came out last week as well. And inflation is at 5.3% in May, which was less than what they're expecting, which is about five and a half. So that was really, really good news. However, they have kind of downplayed the excitement (laughs) by saying that, you know, this is kind of one data point. Don't get too excited. They still need to raise interest rates. They still need to get that inflation down to that 2 to 3% band in order for, you know, which is the band for a healthy economy. And so they were like, don't get too excited. But it is positive news. 5.3, 5.3, that's getting closer and closer to that 2 to 3% level. Uh, and ours is still in New Zealand. It's about, it's over 6.5%, I think. So we've still got a long way to go. Uh, and lastly, Lululemon, really, really good result they had this week. Uh, I am probably contributed to that result, to be honest, the number of Lululemon tights and tops that I've bought over the last three months. 
Do you know what I noticed, which I thought was quite cool, when I was at a Pilates class recently, Mm. there was like four or five of us that were wearing Lululemons that had holes in them. I know this sounds weird, but I just thought kind of cool that all of us are still holding on to these pants that work perfectly fine. We've all got little holes in our bums or knees or whatever and still wearing them. Yeah. Because I've I've just kept mine. I'm like, they work perfectly fine. I'm not going to throw them out because I've got a hole in the knee. And it was just, I remember Mm. looking around being like, hole, 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 which sounds bad, but I mean, we've probably all had them for five years it's not as though they're brand new and ripping but I just thought kind of cool that everyone's hanging on to stuff that's maybe not quite perfect but still really functional and if you had shit yoga pants and they got a hole in them you'd ditch them but obviously they're good enough that you want to keep wearing them and when they get a hole you're like I don't care I'm going to keep wearing them but Lululemon actually has a policy if the tights fail from a manufacturing point of view so say they undo along the stitching or something like that not a hole that you've caught and and ripped but if there is a manufacturing fault then they will replace it for free so if the stitching comes undone or something like that then they replace them for free which is quite good so it's kind of a lifetime guarantee so what was their share price result yeah so they had a really really good result and it was all around them successfully stretching into new markets lol <laughs> so you a little did pun there. for you yeah. Uh, so they've launched into menswear, which is doing really, really well, and shoes, which is doing really well. The biggest thing that contributed to their result was the move to this direct-to-consumer model. So Nike's done it. Uh, Adidas has done it. A lot of the big names have done it. And they're starting – it's effectively just a fancy word for doing online. Um, and you can just sell direct to the consumer, and therefore it's much more higher margin, which means – more profitability for the business. So they've seen a big shift in that post-COVID, which is really, really good and led to them having a really good result. Yay. I mean, that makes total sense, especially if you've bought their products before and you're a loyal customer. You're just going to buy the same thing online again. You know your size. It's not that hard. So next week, Vic and I are going to be in Italy. We're going traveling with a bunch of friends, which is very exciting. Our first holiday in a while. We're going to be broadcasting live from, broadcasting live, I mean, not technically live, but we're going to be recording <laughs> the Curve Weekly from Italy. How Woo-hoo! good. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. So exciting. But we're going with 16 people, so we'll have to tell them to be like, shush, be quiet. Is he 16? Oh, so typical Sophie Horright hasn't been in the group chat from the very beginning for about three months ago. She's like, Mike, what do I have to pay? What? Do, where's the location? What should I book? Can you send me a flight? So I'm like, oh, God, I'm like your PA sometimes. No, it's funny. I could just jazz you and be like, you actually have to pay oh, this amount into my bank account for the trip. Yes, and then never see me again. Oh, I'm excited because I've got no expectations because I have no idea what we're doing. It's great. <laughs> and to round out this Curve Weekly, we're going to finish with the Would You Rather. Are you oh, ready? Yes. This is quite a relevant one, actually. Would you rather spend a million dollars on clothes or a million dollars on travel? Travel. 100%. Damn, what about you? so easy. Hey, actually, probably a good investment. If you spend a million dollars on like Birkin bags and jewellery and things that actually held their value, it'd probably be quite a good investment. But don't spend a million dollars on fast fashion. Oh my God, imagine. Yeah, I'm going to spend a million dollars at H&M. <laughs> okay, Vic, I'll see you in Italy. Yes, see you then. Bye. Woohoo. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Curve Weekly. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all the money, biz and stock market news. And if you like what you heard, we would love a review. Thank you. Yes, we would love a review. But if you did hate it, please don't leave one if you hate it. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, could you please leave a review? Because it really helps other people find our cute little podcast. And we hope you have a good week and see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) See you next Tuesday. I mean Monday. (laughs) 